The Startup to Scale Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. I'm delighted to welcome Eric Friedrichsen to today's show. Eric's the CEO at Emburse, who humanized work by empowering people to eliminate time-consuming tasks so they can focus on what really matters most. Eric joined Emburse in January 2020. What an interesting time to join any company as CEO, just in time for the pandemic. After 30 years of software leadership experience with the likes of Adobe, SAP, and Concur. So, um, Eric, welcome to today's show. Thanks, Gary. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. I, I very much enjoy this Startup to Scale Up podcast. I follow, I've uh, participated or listened to most of them or watched most of them and uh, super enjoyable. I always get a few things out of it. So, and I enjoy the way you host these. So, looking forward to our conversation. Very kind words. Thank you so much, Eric. Now, after leading those blue chip businesses like Adobe, like SAP, why did you choose to join a much smaller, more entrepreneurial business like uh, Emburst? You know, I have worked for very large companies. I worked for Concur Technologies for eight years and ran a variety of businesses for them. And I ran a business for SAP and for Adobe. So some very large companies. But typically, I always either did a startup or a scale up within each of those very large organizations. So I've always really been more of that scale-up type of leader. When I uncovered Inverse and the opportunity in Inverse, uh, it was really just too good to pass up. And so I obviously have a tremendous amount of experience in the expense management and AP automation space since I was with Concurrent and SAP for so many years. But I also saw a, a market that was ripe for disruption, a very, very big market. Only 50% of companies in the US have automated expense management and AP automation. Less than 30%, if you go to Europe or Asia, have automated. And uh, for that, that minority uh, or that group of folks, those customers that have not, that have already automated, many of them are still on like a version 1.0 or version 2.0. And we're really, are really looking for a more modern approach to expense management and AP automation. So that was a little bit of a no brainer. You know, Inverse also is scaling. So while uh, we're much, much smaller than some of the other companies I've worked with in the past, we're still fairly big. You know, we've got 14,000 customers. We've got 4.5 million users that operate in over 120 countries. We've got 750 employees. Some really, really good technology uh, that makes a difference. So your point earlier about that we humanize work is exactly what we're all about. It's our mission. It's to, to make life so much easier for our customers end users that they can free up time from these mundane tasks like processing expense reports to go give back to their the emission for their employer to give back to their communities and to you know go spend more time with their families and that we're very very passionate about that and so uh, you know that approach just aligned very much with with who I am and what I wanted to do taking the uh, mundane the drudgery out of our lives I'm uh, I'm a big fan of that idea I'm also a big fan of, of something else that I know you stand for. It's reputation for creating a culture of inclusion where all the stakeholders, employees, customers, partners, they all play an instrumental role in solutions. And you've been an advocate for inclusivity and diversity initiatives 
both in your previous companies and uh, Emburst. So can you tell us a little more about these initiatives and also why do you believe they're so important for your business? Absolutely. So, you know, we firmly believe at Emburst that if we aren't part of solving the problem, then we, we literally take part in perpetuating the problem. So it's up to us to take action, both inside our company and outside our company to drive meaningful change. We are very, very passionate about helping address the issues uh, around systemic racism and to you know, provide a very inclusive and diverse opportunity for our employees at Embers. So a lot of this gets down to making sure that our employees truly deep down believe that they can bring their whole selves to work. This is really important to me. In fact, it's funny. I just had a conversation with my my seven-year-old son, Jake. I've got, so I live in Denver. My wife's Jessica. I've got three young children. Uh, Juliana's 11, Eli's 10, and, and Jake is seven. And so Jake and I were, were talking this morning. He had just read, he was reading a book last night. And he was telling me about it this morning. It was a, a book that was, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was a book about boys who dared to be different and did things to change the world. I think he thought it was really funny that they did things to change the world without having to slay dinosaurs or to slay dragons or something like that. But anyway, um, but we talked about how important it is to be yourself, to be different, to, to bring your whole self to everything that you do. And so, you know, that is a very, very important part of our culture at Inverse. It ties right into our core values. So our, our core values at Inverse We've got five core values. We, we term it all as uh, see it, S-E-E-I-T, which is you know, sincerity, empowerment, empathy, individuality, and teamwork. And we think about individuality, it really is about bringing your whole self to work. And it's, it's critically important to who we are. And you know, my perspective here is that you know, having a diverse set of backgrounds, experience, perspectives, really allow us to relate so much better to our customers and our mission to humanize work. Because we're, we're large now, we've got tailored solutions that fit very, very small businesses, but also we've got solutions that fit very, very large businesses. We've got solutions that work really well in Europe or that work in, and that work really well in higher education, for example. And each of our customers brings a different perspective, a different diversity, a different set of thoughts. And it's really, really important that we represent that within our organization as well. It allows us to deliver better on our mission. It allows us to have much happier and more productive employees. And it honestly allows us to recruit the kind of employees and the kind of customers that align with our core values so that we can actually achieve. I love the philosophy. And a lot of companies talk these fine words, these words that seem to be morally and ethically very sound. But what specifically are you doing as a, as a business to encourage diverse thinking, diverse hiring, et cetera? There's a number of different initiatives. So I think, uh, first of all, we're, we're very much about focused on diverse hiring. We're part of the professional diversity network, along with some of our other customers and partners like Capital Group, ADP, MasterCard, McDonald's. We all focus very much on working towards creating diverse organizations. Our board today doesn't have enough diversity. I'm actually currently in the process of recruiting three independent board members. And the plan is to bring diversity. There's, there's some pretty, pretty stiff criteria that we're looking for in terms of experience. But we're also looking for some incredible diversity in terms of bringing in people from underrepresented minorities, bringing in more females onto our board. So that's a big part of it. 
We also, we did a, a, what we call a DEI health check. So we did an anonymous survey of all of our employees to get their perspective. How do they think about themselves? You know, what works well for them? What doesn't work well? What can we do to go bring, help them bring their whole selves to work? So we're, we're evaluating those results right now and, and executing on that. You know, one of the things that, that we did, you know, the George Floyd killing and some of the other uh, just incredibly horrific things that have happened this year in the United States really sort of made us take an extra reflection. And uh, we decided this year that we would give a holiday to all of our employees, Juneteenth. And, you know, Juneteenth was a plan to, to dedicate that day towards a day of reflection for our employees to really spend time understanding systemic racism and, you know, reading and learning and contributing people's time to, uh, to do the things that they thought that they could do to make a difference to uh, improve all the, the racism, systemic racism issues that we are having here uh, in the United States. And it was unbelievably well regarded. Our employees loved it. I personally loved it. I spent quite a bit of time that day learning and reading. I spent time with my family. We actually, we picked a movie together. Have you seen the movie Hidden Figures? Don't know that one. Nope. It's a movie about a set of black women who they worked for NASA and they really helped get us out into space. And uh, it, was, it was really neat to see. And, and we had a chance to pause the movie several times and have a discussion as a family. And the kids were super engaged with it. But to see the differences that people could make, that the, you know, the main characters of the movie, there was one black woman in particular who just her stick to itiveness. She knew that she could make a difference. She wanted to be in the room. She wanted to contribute and she wouldn't give up. And she just kept sticking to it. Uh, her boss, who happened to be a, a white guy, you know, also made a difference. She was missing time from work because she had to run to another building that was, this was set in the, in the 60s. She had to run to another building that uh, had the colored bathroom. And so he went and he knocked down the sign for that colored bathroom. She wanted to be in a meeting that she wasn't normally allowed into. And she, she stood up for herself and she said she wanted to be in that meeting. And her boss made sure she got into that meeting. And so it was really a great opportunity for us as a family and with our children to talk about how everybody can make a difference and, and that they should. So that was how I spent my day. We got good feedback. There's actually a number of other things, Gary, that we've done. And what I actually think is cool is that some of this stuff is really grassroots. One of the things I'm incredibly proud of, so a group of our employees started a, a project they call Project Rise. And it's, think of it as like a hackathon, but it really includes all functions, not just engineering and design and, and product. But it's really all functions that's dedicated towards, uh, you know, creating innovation that helps create social and economic fairness in the Black community. So they're working with Black businesses to create technology to really help them be more successful, which was, again, a, a grassroots effort. We obviously support it, but it's, it's coming from our employees. We also have our crew group, which is a, a, woman, uh, a woman-driven leadership group within our organization. We are all participating in the Pride Stride, which is a virtual 5K, 10K run that uh, we reimburse is paying for for our employees. And a good portion of the, the money that comes from that fundraising goes directly back to uh, LG, uh, TBQ, nonprofit orgs. And so we're, we're very much, very much believe that we can make a difference. Uh, I personally, as a CEO, feel empowered to be able to, to stand up and do more. 
And that's what I intend to do. Are there any um, business leaders or management thinkers who've inspired you to come up with these various initiatives and have made you such a torchbearer, if you if you like, for diversity and inclusivity? Yeah, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to have phenomenal mentors and leaders in my life throughout my career. So I've you know learned from many. You know, I also learned from my parents, frankly, as a little kid. You know, we I grew up in Iowa. We didn't have much money. We had, don't get me wrong, we had enough money to, to, to have dinner every night. We had a roof over our head, but that's frankly about as far as it went. But what they did do is they did teach us, uh, my sister and I, all about how important it is to include other people and to respect other people and to learn and always get other people's ideas and thoughts. And so that that's a lot of what inspired me. And then our employees, frankly, our leadership team, you know, we've got a fairly diverse leadership team. We're continuing to work on more diversity. We've got a diverse leadership team. We've got, you know, a set of people that really align with our core values. And uh, so a lot of this, to be perfectly honest, is organic and homegrown. How about the pandemic? How has that impacted on the teams? And how are you ensuring that your employees get all the support that they need? The pandemic obviously has been challenging. So I can talk a little bit about how, you know, it's affected our employees and what we've done about it. Maybe our customers too, if you're interested later, we can talk about that too. You know, this has really been a challenge on, on the mental health of our employees. Our highest priority really has been recognizing that, that impact and doing everything that we can to help them. I would say the first thing we recognized quickly as we got into kind of late March, early April was that uh, we needed to, to increase our communications. So we're, uh, you know, we're really fortunate as a technology company that already was, was working in across several different cities and countries that we, it wasn't that hard for us to shift to a work from home type approach from a technology standpoint, but from a human standpoint, it certainly created some challenges. We've got em- employees that uh, have elderly parents to take care of. We have employees with kids that they have to go figure out not just how to provide daycare, but how to provide remote learning while they're also working. We've got single parents. Uh, you can just imagine, Gary, I know you're, you're an empty nester now. I've got three young kids at home, but you know, my wife is here and we have help. And, you know, but there are single parents within our employee community that are having even additional uh, struggles and burdens. And so, and then we've got, you know, we got people that live in big houses and we got people that work in little apartments in New York City they have to try to figure out how to have room for their desk as well as their bed. Um, so lots of challenges. We've done a number of different things. So the first one was more communication. We already have been doing all hands meetings virtually monthly, but what we realized is our employees needed more and they needed more interaction. So we created something called a virtual coffee chat. Actually, initially starting in late March, we did them weekly. Now we've actually gotten down to about every three weeks. We went to two and then to every three weeks now. And we still have our all-hands meetings, but they're all about providing transparency, answering questions, providing reassurance. I think that if there's one thing that I could say I feel like we've done just an outstanding job on is making sure that our employees feel safe. We measure ourselves on a weekly basis. Our employees know how we're doing. They know that we're doing well. They know that they're safe. They know that our long-term vision as a company hasn't changed. You know, it's still the same as it always was. Sure, of course, our 
our plans mid-year, you know, we're doing some things differently than we had set out to do at the beginning of 2020, but, you know, our long-term plans uh, haven't changed. And, you know, just that extra set of confidence that, that makes them feel safe where they work uh, has made a tremendous difference for their mental health. How about new hires, Eric? When you're bringing new people into the company who maybe have never met any of their colleagues, are there particular challenges in bringing them on board and making them feel or helping them to settle in? You know, I'm not sure, to be honest. It seems like things have been going pretty well. We've actually done, you know, we've, we've recruited from beginning to end now uh, several team members where they had not ever been met in person. And we've, we've hired some outstanding people over the last six months that are performing and doing really, really well. Has their onboarding experience been as good as it could have been had they had more personal interaction? Probably not perfect, but it seems like we're doing pretty well. They seem happy and they're super productive. Good. That's great to hear. Now, when we last chatted, we discussed the difference between sales and product-led companies and you described Embers as customer-led. So how do you stay close to your customers, uh, how, especially when you're being forced to do that virtually? I'm glad you asked that. We, um, I, I get asked a lot, is Embers a sales-driven company or is Embers a product-driven company? But the way I answer that is to say, no, Embers is actually a customer-driven company. And I think that the key here is that We've got 14,000 customers. We've got hundreds of years of experience. If you combine all of our employees, thousands of years of experience automating the AP process, automating expense management. We have you know, best practices. We have ideas. We have opinions that we can bring to the table. And we should do that. But at the same time, it's critically important that we're getting feedback from our customers. So we come to our customers with ideas and we ask them for their feedback and we iterate from there. And, and we're fortunate that we've got customers in different industries. We've got customers in higher ed and in legal and in engineering and have different sizes, small, medium, large, that can really give us good feedback. And we, and we use technology to do that. We've got a, a program called Influitive that's been super helpful to gather customer feedback and engage our customers. We leverage Gainsight for that. We actually leverage our own analytics tools to look at how our customers are using our systems and the, the policies and the best practices that they put into place that help us inform our other customers as to what makes sense for their industry. You know, end user experience is critically important to us. So we put a lot of effort into understanding how our customers are, are using our systems, where their eyes are going, where they're clicking. We spend a lot of time working to get feedback from our customers. You had referred earlier on in our, in our conversation about the impact that COVID was having on your customers. Just walk me through that. Are you getting any specific requirements from your customers influenced directly by COVID? So the plan to virtualize the Office of Finance within our customers or to, to do a digital transformation has been in the works for years. But there hasn't necessarily always been as much urgency Companies may feel like, okay, fine, we have to write checks manually or we have to route invoices through inner office envelopes. It's not ideal, but we can, we'll eventually get to this uh, digital transformation. The pandemic has actually accelerated in, uh, that process dramatically and created an incredible amount of urgency for customers to, to automate. So some of that has to do with, you don't want your finance people going 
going into the office to pick up checks or to write checks anymore. Not safe or not healthy necessarily, especially during the pandemic. They also need to have, our customers need to have much better visibility on cash. I mean, with the pandemic, everyone's you know, certainly focused on managing their cash, understanding their expenses, understanding when they should take advantage of an early payment discount to pay a vendor or when they should manage float instead. The mode of which they pay those vendors is also critically important. Do the vendors take a, a virtual card? If so, then perhaps there's a rebate opportunity for the customer. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then you know, paying by ACH is the next best or by check if they have to. You know, we automate all of that for our customers. And you know, with the pandemic, managing cash and having that visibility has been critically important. And I would say the other thing is the user experience has become even that much more important. So when we talk about our mission to humanize work, to give people their time back, you know, you can imagine now how little time our customers' employees have. You know, they're trying to manage their homeschooling and taking care of their parents and working and, and everything else in their lives. So they, you know, having that time back, that end user experience is, is that much more important. And they can't be using these archaic solutions anymore. They need, uh, they need uh, technology that can really advance them. And then in that same frame of mind, our customers, you know, believe that much more in, in the safety of their employees. So duty of care has come even into more focus. And I don't know how familiar you are with the concept of duty of care, but, you know, it's, it's that obligation of an employer to really understand uh, and help for the, you know, the safety of their employees when they're conducting business on behalf of, of the company. And over the last few years, there's been a lot of focus on understanding where employees are, understanding you know, how to communicate with them in the event of uh, a natural disaster or a terrorist attack. But now there's also a need to know, you know where have our employees been? Who were they with? If somebody comes down with the COVID-19 virus, then you know, it's good to know that. It's good to know, where, you know who they've been with and where they've gone and uh, you know, whether or not they've been in a risky situation. So this is really kind of accelerated and sort of changed the mindset for many, many companies. So are you providing a sort of track and trace facility for some of your clients? Yeah, we have uh, access to you know, all kinds of data, our, our clients' data that we can help them with, you know, knowing where are people planning to go. Uh, where are they planning to travel? Where did they travel? Where did they, they use their inverse card or their corporate card? Uh, you know, where did they spend money? So yeah, we have access to uh, an incredible treasure drove of information that can really help our customers. And you mentioned uh, a little while ago, you had some more employee initiatives that you thought would be interesting to walk me through. So let's, uh, let's go back to those employee initiatives. Tell me more. Yeah, you know, there's uh, there's so many different things that we've done for our employees to to really help them. Uh, we've got an unlimited PTO policy, um, but we found that sometimes our employees weren't actually taking time off. We really tried to dig into why that was, and uh, to try to help solve that problem, we created something called Inverse Unplugged Days, where we basically sort of force people to take a day off, and we give the whole company a day off. We've, we've been doing this about once a month. The pandemic started. They're completely unplugged. No emails, no meetings, no calls, no Slack, and uh, it's been you know incredibly cathartic for our employees. It's sort of uh, spurned uh, a a Slack channel called the Virtual Water Cooler, where 
Our employees share what they do on their reimbursement on plug days. They've really been communicating, sharing funny stories, sharing songs that they've created, sharing all the great experiences that their kids uh, have had during the pandemic, their workouts, all, all kinds of things, you know, have really kind of, have kind of come from that. You know, we've also, uh, we've got this, uh, we've got an incredible number of talented musicians at Inverse, something I didn't know about when I started. I'm not even sure we knew about it. Any of us at a company really knew about it until the pandemic started. We have a house band called The Bad Receipts. Wow. Yeah, called The Bad Receipts. Uh, you can probably find some on LinkedIn or on YouTube, some of their, their great music. And uh, The Bad Receipts and some of our other employees have been you know, performing for us on a regular basis. At one point, they were actually doing it daily and in, in, on our, our, um, our, our virtual water cooler channel. They've been sharing some of their performances. Uh, they've been doing it at the virtual coffee chat. That's in the all hands. And it's been a great opportunity to, to showcase the talents of our employees. And uh, it's been really cool. It's been really cool. It speaks a lot to the culture of our employees. Head over to YouTube after this uh, interview and check, check them out. Let's talk about the future for a few moments. Walk me through your aspirations for Inverse. How do you see the business evolving over the next three to four years? Yeah, I appreciate you asking, Gary. So we're growing. Even with the pandemic, believe it or not, this has been a, a very, very good year for Inverse. Yeah, I guess it just speaks to the, you know, to the unique value that we're bringing to our customers. We're continuing to add on new capabilities. So I should, should probably point out, you know, we came together as Inverse through a variety of acquisitions, which has allowed us to provide those tailored solutions to different, different types of customers. So uh, we acquired a company called Tally, which is really, really good with very, very small companies that are based in the US. We acquired Chrome River, which is a, very, uh, a company that's really good at automating expense management and AP automation for very large global enterprise companies like Bosch and Liberty Mutual, for example. And then we've got Certify, which is a very, very strong mid-market company in both the US and in Europe. Captio, which is very strong in Southern Europe. And so we've got these tailored solutions that help these individual companies with exactly what they need. We believe strongly, and I, this comes from my own experience, that one size doesn't fit all when it comes to automating expense and AP management and payments. But a lot of the innovation that we're doing today is really accelerated because we're doing a lot of our, our R&D and our innovation work at the inverse platform level. So we're standing up all of our machine learning, artificial intelligence capabilities, our receipt transcription capabilities, payments capabilities, auditing capabilities, managed services, all at the inverse platform level, which allows us to you know, get a lot more productivity out of our 750 employees and, and add a lot more value to our customers. We uh, have really sort of innovated around our partner ecosystem. The traditional partners in our industry are the big banks and uh, FIs, the, uh, the other software companies and uh, travel management companies. And, and these organizations for years have been looking for an alternative of scale that can really help drive joint value to the customer rather than kind of a one-way type relationship. And so... There was an announcement today, I believe they just came out about our, uh, our global reimbursements capability uh, in partnership with TransferWise, uh, particularly focused in Europe. You're going to see all kinds of announcements over the next couple of months about partnerships with banks that will be uh, uh, white labeling our solutions. You'll see some partnerships around payments. So we're accelerating some of the work that we're doing around helping our customers with payments. 
And then, you know, I think that when we talk about, you know, purely about this concept of humanizing work, a lot of it gets down to the user experience. And so we're taking a phenomenal user experience that came in through one of our technology acquisitions, and we're deploying that across each of our core expense solutions. And, you know, we call it, we call it a real-time skin. Uh, but but think of it this way. So let's say you and I were going to go to lunch, Gary. You take your inverse card. We go to lunch. Take your inverse card. You 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 use it to pay for the lunch afterwards, and you get a notification on your on your iPhone that says, you know, hey Gary, it looks like you went to lunch with Eric to talk about uh, scaling up, and uh, it was eighty dollars. Is that correct? And if you say if you click on the yes button and say it's correct done. There's no expense report to be created. There's no routing for approvals. Machine learning takes care of all that for you. There's no reimbursement even necessary if you used your inverse card. And so that type of experience is what we're bringing in the future across uh, to all 14,000 of our customers. You mentioned that you've brought together these various businesses. It sounds like they're still trading with individual products and perhaps brands as well, unique brands, unique brand identities. So to what extent are you bringing a single culture together across the whole entity, across all the different operating businesses? And to what extent are you thinking about bringing common branding in at some point in the future? Great question, Gary. So we did rebrand the company as Inverse in January, and we are one company. So we're, we're absolutely one company. We've got one set of core values. We've got one mission. Uh, we've got one product platform. Do we have one culture? I mean, I guess, but that culture is a culture of you know diversity and inclusion. It's a culture of a lot of different ideas. It's you know people that are you know that live in Tortosa, Spain, and it's people who live in New York City. Uh, you know, so so from a cultural standpoint, you know, our, our I believe that we're very, very much aligned around our mission and our values. You know, the way we provide these tailored solutions to the individual customers is very, very deliberate. We think it's the, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So that's very focused. You'll continue to see our brand evolve. So our foreshadow that you'll see a little bit of an evolution in January, which will be, I think, kind of fun and interesting. And then, uh, you know, you'll probably see more over the next couple of years. But, you know, our customers have a lot of loyalty to our technology. And it's not going anywhere. We're, we're going to continue to develop Chrome River Platform, for example. I don't know if we'll keep the name Chrome River forever, but we'll absolutely keep the product, we'll keep the technology, and we'll keep the customers. Okay, it sounds like you've got uh, an exciting future for you and your uh, diverse team. It's been great having you on today's show and uh, look forward to maybe checking back in with you in 2021 to see how things have progressed for everyone globally. I look forward to it, Gary, and thank you so much for, for the time today, and thanks for what you're doing. It's uh, super insightful. I appreciate it. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. Head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high-impact senior talent. <laughs>